Welcome to The Field Viewpoint, a Digital Farming Institute podcast. I'm your host, Valerie Sled. This is not just another ag tech podcast. This podcast brings together viewpoints that move far beyond field view button pushes and standard sales pitches. Whether you're a seasoned seller looking to sharpen your digital sales skills, or you're just starting your journey using digital tools in the field, this podcast is designed to help you build your confidence with your confidence. In today's episode, we learn from two experts about how collecting trial application data in FieldView can demonstrate the value of Bayer's crop protection portfolio against competing products. Let's get started. Well, welcome everyone to this particular podcast. We have with us today Corey Rimby and Mike Twinhoffel, both hailing from Southern Illinois. I am so excited to get started with the conversation with both these gentlemen. I'll let them introduce themselves, but in the little bit of time that I've had a chance to scout across the country looking for crop protection FSRs who know what they're doing with field view, I came across Corey and not just as a dad and a fellow Turnpike Troubadours fan, I just really fell in love with the way that he uses field view. And to be honest, guys, when I had my first conversation with him, I got chill bumps uh, because I knew that I just wanted to bring him in front of all of you for this podcast. So I'm going to let Corey Rimby start off and just introduce himself as he's with us. And I'll give Mike Twinhoffel a chance to introduce as well as his former climate enablement manager. So Corey, tell us how long you've worked for Bayer uh, in your role as a as a CPFSR. Valerie, I, I appreciate being able to uh, jump on today and have some discussion. I've been in my current role with Bayer for right at three years, FSR here, CPFSR, Southern of Illinois, my, my territory extends. I go about an hour south of St. Louis and then an hour north of St. Louis, encompassing about nine counties here. Work with quite a few retailers, uh, some national accounts, some, some local accounts, a good variety of crop specialists that I'm working with. Before that, I worked with and seed with a regional company and then kind of jumped in the, in the industry in retail. So, it was a great experience for me, you know, working hand in hand with retailers like we do. I'm able to put myself in their shoes of how we approach the retailers and how we try to gain our market share. It was a great experience to draw off of and show empathy and work through them guys. So a pretty varied background of the retail role, the, the seed role, and then bring it together with the CP to uh, cover a lot of bases there. Yeah, that's that's actually a uh a really great trifecta of experiences that I think you probably bring to the fold, uh, Corey, in addition to now thinking digitally with FieldView. I'm excited to dig in a little bit more into your experiences and and how all that helps uh, with how you use FieldView. I'm going to kick it over to Mike to let him introduce himself as well. I am the Climate uh, Enablement Manager for the Southern Illinois, the Southern Third of Illinois, um, and uh, still work somewhat with Corey uh, as as he needs to uh, in there as as we have grown our footprint of a number of folks in, in our roles. I've been actually with uh, Bayer and Monsanto on that for 24 years uh, and really on the digital ag side of things for the last 12 years. Um, and and looking at building a lot of these tools and and bringing them out to the farmers. I also have my own farm that I work with my uncle and my cousin. So I take a lot of the things that we do on our own own farm and try to bring it out uh, to folks as as we're going to talk about here today uh, when I was working with Corey. I'm glad, Mike, you also shared your extensive background, both with uh, Monsanto, with climate. Um, It's just an honor to get to have you on the call as well, because 
uh, I think Corey and I can agree we can learn so much from you and you uh, have made a legacy for yourself as a climate pro. So both you guys coming from Southern Illinois, you're no strangers to digital. These participants at this point will will find out soon that I am from Florida. I come from specialty crop state where digital, we're a little bit behind in, in the, the curveball of things. But um, I want to ask Corey up front, you know, how and when did you start using digital management tools like FieldView or when did you really start using FieldView? To be honest, my initial role in retail was I was our locations precision specialist. That was actually my job title. So coming into that, we're looking at 10, 12 years now. I kind of used this, this digital piece where the early onset was the implementation of, of the hardware. We had to have the hardware first in order for us to optimize the digital output that we're getting from it. And then us being able to view those the digital output and make decisions off of it. So my initial primary role as a precision specialist was doing a lot of, of yield monitors. We would do aftermarket installation of yield monitors. We would do aftermarket installation of planar monitors and, and row clutches, and we tied it into the guidance. So it, it's very neat because I come into the front side of, of climate, a uh, field scripts, you know, 10 years ago. Mike, Mike remembers field scripts. Uh, <laughs> so we, we worked through field scripts. We had third party. Uh, we had an SMS program that we were bringing, bringing data into. And it was very interesting at that time when we first started, we always had the, we had the hardware and we were bringing in, in this data. But the big question was, well, what are we going to do this data and how do we use it to make decisions? And it's been, it's been awesome to see the transition from, from field scripts and then what we had climate to field view and how we've grown it. And we've, we've really been able to take the data. And, and now we are to that point, we are making the decisions off of it, whether it's, a, a planning prescription, whether it's, you know, we're looking back at the, the in-season images that we're getting and the correlations that we're drawing is, hey, we, we put the crop in at this point, we got the in-season images throughout the year, and then when we get to harvest, how, how, does, all, how does all that correlate and how was that story built out? So I, I was just very lucky to be on the front side of it, uh, dealt with the hardware side, and now we're, it's coming to fruition of all those years we asked, well, what are we going to do with this data and, yeah. and climate? Fieldview has done a great job of, of, of bringing all that in together and being able to allow us as an FSO or a crop specialist, whatever your role is, and use that as a sales tool. Once again, Corey, you're giving me some goosebumps because to feel like you're at a place now where you've seen where Fieldview started to where we are today, being able to actually look back on years of data, make deep, insightful decisions from that, and then also the predictive power that we're stepping into right now, the predictive power of the data. I'm sure for someone who's been around and has gotten to see it all from start to, to where we are today is probably really humbling and, and exciting, too. And I, I, I like how you reach back and pulled back in field trips. Back in that, that, those are the glory days. <laughs> yeah, yes. But but you know what a lot of, I tell you a lot of the things that I've learned and 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 that you did there and and as we we progressed into there came from that 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 was like where everything was born and all those mm-hmm. learnings came into into play of how, how we analyze all this stuff. Yep. 
Yep. That's where I've kind of uh, gleaned a lot of that uh, knowledge from uh, the early days when we didn't have these nice, simple tools we had to do. We, we had to uh, do a lot of things uh, manually and, and and figure out a lot of the trials. And I learned a lot from the way trials were set up to uh, how to measure it in a, in a full field experience and, and uh, bringing that along throughout the last uh, 12 years, basically, of, of what we have today. Uh, everybody. You know, Mike can uh, relate to this. Everybody, I don't, I don't have any thumb drives I had in my truck console at one point with 50, you know, everyone had a different grower's name on it. And it's, it's just interesting in, in all of the adaptation we had to do of pulling from one monitor and then bring it into this program and then trying to read that in the field scripts. Just from the standpoint of how we streamline this process is tenfold of what it was 10 years ago. So just, yeah. just the, the logistics of it, it's been, it's been very neat to see the growth and how far we've come in that. You were talking earlier, Corey, about now being able to transition in the role that you're at, seeing FieldView as a uh, as a selling tool. And that's the part that I'm really excited about to talk to you about today. Share with me how that transition happened, where you seeing FieldView not just as a man, data management tool or a data collection tool, but now something that you utilize um, in your role today. I identify, you know, FieldView. It, to me, it's a it's a universal tool to ground truth the agronomic recommendations that we're making. At, at the at the end of the day, it's, it's we're viewed as salesmen. You know, no matter what the role is, no matter what you're doing within whatever you're a crop specialist, you're an FSR, you're you're X, Y, or Z. We're viewed as salesmen, and sometimes there's I don't want to say a negative connotation added to that, but you know, when you're interacting with the people that you are selling to, they're always sitting there thinking in the back of your mind, well, th this individual is trying to sell me. This individual is trying to get me to buy into the program. And at the end of the day, we believe in what we're doing. And we can we can say that all day, every day. But a, a, being able to have a program to ground truth that and say, listen, guys, everything I've been talking to you and essentially preaching to you about, it is truly an agronomic recommendation. And I do, I believe it's best for for the end user. I do believe it's best for the grower to, to do this. And a way that I implemented that last year in 2022, in relative terms, I lagged behind quite a bit in my territory on competitive fungicides. Uh, Mike can attest to this. Uh, there, there's competitive fungicides that grabbed the market years ago before you know we were able to release Delaro and Delaro Complete. So I've always viewed a gap and I've got a huge a lot of support through my retailers on, on, on DeKalb and their Asgro sales. But then when we look at it, an acre to acre basis, it, it's, it's not one-to-one, -one. it's way off. And, you know, as a, an FSR and a product that I believe, and I believe it should be closer to one-to-one. -to -one. So in my conversations with my, with my crop specialists and, and especially my, my agronomy managers where they drive a lot of that decision-making for the crop specialists, I, I said, what can we do to make a difference? What can I do to increase sales? We need to close this gap between the DeKalb acre and the Delaro acre. It, it needs to be closer. And from my conversations, it come back to be just, just confidence in product. Hey, we've used Triver Pro for years. It works phenomenal. We've used Veltima for years. Uh, it, it works great. I don't have a reason to move away from it. So obviously, I said to myself, what I need to do, I need, I need to ground truth this. And I need to find a way to get competitive side-by-sides. And I'm just going to speak for my territory. When I start talking about doing side-by-sides or something that requires more work for the crop specialists, sometimes they kind of roll their eyes and they say, well, 
it's a struggle just getting my day-to-day done as a crop specialist. And I emphasize, emphasize with them because we're asking our crop specialists to do more and more. The season's getting longer. So I said, how can I grab hold of this situation? How can I run with this? And how can I, can I essentially ground truth it, as I said before? So I said, okay, I need to get some side-by-sides with corn fungicide. I, I want to focus on corn fungicides in 2022. And as most people would know, most of my corn, 90% of it goes on with an airplane. And, you know, they'll do it through consignment. We've got either an airplane or a helicopter that does that, that application of that fungicide. At the end of the day, once again, the airplanes, the helicopters, they're trying to cover acres. They have such a small window of application. They've got to get done what they can get done. They are not going to stop at a field. They're not going to go back and reload so they can change a product. They can change a rate and, and do that within a field just because the bear FSR would, you know, wants to do this side by side. So my next step was, well, how can I deploy a drone to do this? To me, that was the, the best way that I could take ownership. I could go out and show the crop specialists, my agronomy managers, hey, Corey's got stake in this. He's obviously believes in the product. He knows that he can make a difference here with, with that, with product. So I reached out, you know, in 2022, there weren't near as many drone companies as there seemed to be in 2023. I partnered with some of them and we, we worked out the logistics of, Hey, this is how we're going to make fungicide side by side applications in corn this year. And I laid out the product and I laid out the rates and I laid out where we're going to get that accomplished. Well, I felt like, well, I've only got so many fields to do this in. I really want to make it count. Luckily, my agronomy managers that I felt we had the most upside in, they actually farm themselves. So I said, well, there's not a better way to make an influence, to, to make a difference than to go straight to the source. I want to see my, make my agronomy managers see the difference. So after we recognize, okay, we've got the product. We know what rates we want to run. We know logistically. We know the mechanics of the application, how we're going to do it with a drone. Well, my next question was, how do, we, how do we deal with this on the back end, and how are we going to analyze and look at this data? And thankfully, I had a ton of support. That's where Mike came into play. And I think it was a conversation. I called Mike up. I said, this is what we're trying to do. I'm not going to have a true application record or an application map, but can we draw this data out of climate to ground truth these products? So in working with Mike, he helped me said, hey, this is how we're going to lay the application out. And what we did was we chose agronomy managers. And then I also had a, a CBA grower that we did this on and had a ton of help from Brad White, my local CBA. We went out and we made these applications in the summer of 2022. And it was there was, there was some primitiveness to it, I guess I would say. But when we made the application, I did the best job that I could to mark those applications in the field where I, I dropped the data point with my phone and in turn transferred that into climate. So we knew where the, where the fungicide trial started, where it ended, and we knew exactly what product it was and how wide our different passes were. So at the end of the day, we were able to accomplish this. It was a ton of work from my climate enablement manager. My CBA helped me. The, the growers were great, great to help me with. And then the applications with the drones, they were great to work with. So we made all these applications, and then at the end of the year, as we got the harvest data, one of my stipulations was, hey, if I do this work, if, if we put this all together, the grower obviously had to have climate. So as the climate data started to come in, 
we were able to tell a story. And, you know, I went in and once again, with the help of Mike, I, I believe I was on the phone with Mike, you know, 10, 30, 11 o'clock at night, some nights, breaking down the data and translating it into usable information that we could tell a story. And it did phenomenal for us. What we did was we looked at different rates of Delaro and Delaro Complete compared to Veltima, compared to, to Miravis, compared to Travapro. And I had a story I put together. I drew the maps out of climate, put them in PowerPoints, and I also then put them in PDFs. So whenever we did our kickoff meetings in November with all my retailers, I had a story to tell. And the best part was, is we can get on seismic, we can get on whatever resource we have, and I can pull uh, application data, side-by-side -side data from, from Iowa. I can pull data from Wisconsin. I can pull data from Indiana. But where I saw my crop specialist eyes light up, I put the location of every one of those farms. And it wasn't just some field up in Iowa. There's nothing wrong with that. It wasn't some field in Indiana. It was a field right in their backyard. So I gained the trust. I gained the buy-in from the agronomy managers to say, hey, you know what? Delar Complete went out there and it either performed just as well or outperformed Miravis. Delar Complete went out there, it performed just as well or outperformed Veltima. So they saw it. I wasn't just being a salesman. I was providing a solution and we run with it. And it was a great story to tell throughout all my, my kickoff meetings. And then at the end of the day, I was sitting there, you know, Bear Plus is a great tool for ours. It's a, it's a great marketing tool. And I got the crowd specialist to believe in, hey, we've got confidence in the product now. If that's a decal baker, we matched that decal baker with the, with the Delaro fungicide, whether it was Delaro or Delaro Complete, what made the most agronomic sense. That automatically got that grower into the Bear Plus program because they had their two qualifying products. I mean, we just we just checked so many boxes with that exercise and and bring it all into a full bare acre at that point. And then it's, at that point, they said, hey, we're already in the Bear Plus program with the DeKalb, with the fungicide. Okay, well, where can I utilize Tribal? Where can I use Degree Extra? Where can I use Caprino? So it became a true full farm solution just from that one exercise that we did last summer. And we saw the dividends this summer as, you know, we're, we're in account closing right now. And I'm really starting to see where my year over year fungicide sales have increased. What he laid out there and everything in, in climate, when it comes to drones, that they're new to the market, right? So we, you know, they don't export out something today that we can actually right. import in like a like a ground sprayer does, right? So we had to had to think outside the box a little bit, and and we're actually going to be, you know, just you know, just like anything, you got to start off and a lot of stuffs manual, and things yeah. are going to get easier and easier over the next couple year or, or or eighteen months, right? We're already looking at that of how do you bring in that drone data. Um, Man, uh, so we don't have to do everything manually. But you know, as, as anything with anything farming and and everything that uh, the way GPSs are and everything that's done, everything's in a straight line, right? And it's a certain widths, and the applications are a certain widths, and the planters are a certain width. So we just started breaking down what matched up and how to match it up. Um, yeah. And then from the pins, once we knew where the starting point was, we could count passes of the planter and or combine because they all matched up across the field and and just using the simple um, field region report and do it by passes that's in the cab app um, we were able to add that in there and capture that center of that application now yeah. the the next steps of it is it was manual right so we had to do the field region report 
He knew what that application was. He had to track that manually for every single one and build out his data table. In the future, as and, and we're already, I'd say a third of the way there, is we're going to be able to take and just encompass the whole area for a field region report and get the data by every single different application. Now, two yes. steps there. One, we have to get the the, the drone data in there, but we're already going to be there for with airplanes. We're going to be there with ground rigs. Um, it's it's going to progress faster and faster. So yeah, Corey was on the front end, just like anything on the front end, there's the extra work. But it paid off. And that's the part that I also think is so cool about Corey's story. Uh, the fact that you are willing to lead with transparency, sell with transparency here. I'm showing data from your backyard side by side. I know that sometimes we talk a big game about like, we like transparency, that's all great, but it can be scary when it comes to fruition, looking at the data and saying, I'm going to, I'm going to show everything up front, the good, bad, and ugly. Uh, but it paid off for Corey. And I also just love that you incorporated the strategy of, we're going to look at the marketing programs that we have now and build out true solutions, true systems, so to speak. Uh, like you're saying, Mike, there's that manual piece. Yeah, that there was some upfront work, but I think it's it's a story that needs is worth telling for sure, especially for our crop protection FSRs. And I think the biggest buy-in that I got, I think I had seven trials last year and not we didn't win every one of them. Right. We didn't, I mean, there was a couple where we were three bushel out to a competitor product, but then the other two or three, we would be two, three, four, five bushel ahead. So the fact that I put the slides up that we didn't win, that, that was instant buying from the guys and gals, wow. you know, that was in the room. They said, I mean, it was pretty transparent. I'm not hiding anything, guys. What I've been talking to you guys about, we've got products that are just as good and in some instances better than others that are out on the market. And it's just building the brand story, the brand confidence. That was my first point of recognizing they don't have the confidence in the product that I do. How do we make that happen? So that's where we deployed and implemented the, the climate tools that we had available. Wow. That's we're also touching on in this story as the Digital Farming Institute podcast, we're touching on so many concepts that we're hoping to weave into this program for the next six weeks. The what do you do when when your product doesn't win? How do you not hide data or hide behind data? But we're gonna start with transparency and also dig into the layers to really truth. Is it a true loss or a true win? So, I mean, some of the things you're talking about, Corey, are also just really great introductions to what we'll be covering. The question I have in general now is, so you, this was with 2022, right? So yep. where do you go from here? How do you plan out your next steps, Corey, as far as the trials that you're wanting to do, the projects that you're undertaking? Are you still selling with FieldView, obviously, in 2023? And um, how do you make those plans? With the success? that I had last year and and I just saw the turn in my trade area of the buying that that I saw these practices do, the buying that I saw with guys say, I see where the dollar dollar complete performed last year. You're not just selling me on something, you are providing a solution. My next step was okay, where where's my other gap? You know, every year I, mm -hmm. I want to do a one off project. I want to recognize what what gap can I kind of close here. And as I mentioned, it's it kind of turned to the ASGRO acre because I started looking, okay, what, what's the gap between ASGRO and, 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 and Delaro in my territory? So without implementing a drone this year, I recognized my retailer that had the biggest gap between ASGRO sales and Delaro fungicide. And it's okay, this year I want to have a little more buy-in from 
the crop specialist. So what I did was I put a, a local program together where I wanted to target non-fungicide users or competitive users that, hey, guys, I don't want to compromise my product. I don't want to give product away, but I did utilize some funds where I helped with some application costs. So, you know, I asked my crop specialist, hey, guys, let's recognize some growers that they don't want to use fungicide because they don't buy on the return on an investment. They don't think that, that the buying that they have, the initial upfront cost is worth it on the back end. I don't want to compromise my product, but I will help out on application costs. Mm. So I looked at it from twofold. One, there's some buy-in, there's some stake with Bayer and me as the FSR. Second, I'm going to help my retailer grow their business because if it's a non-fungicide user, it's a win-win. Bayer, yeah. grows their, Bayer grows their sales, so does the crop specialist. Okay. Okay, so there's going to be more work involved. So I did another local reward of whoever has the most soybean fungicides, side-by-sides, and they can get me to that on the climate acre and the climate report, they get a reward. You know? And so I've kept track of them through the summer of, hey, and, and obviously I had to put a cap on the total acres. Hey, I, I wanted a, at least a 40-acre field. We could split it 20 and 20. But I couldn't have a guy come and say, hey, I've got a thousand acres. So I had to manage through that on a case-to-case basis. But I said, hey, I've got this much funding set in place. I'll pay for the application costs. Let's target growers that are not yet using fungicide. And with it being a ground rig application, at that point, we did have the application data out of whatever monitor that they are using. Then in turn, when the grower comes out in the fall and they harvest that crop, we'll have the climate data because that, obviously that was one of the stipulations. They just mm-hmm. got to have climate or in, in a side-by-side with a competitor product. I've got to have climate. So I transitioned this year. Hey, I, I saw the gap on the, on the Asgro acre. I want to get that Delaro fungicide there. And then at the end of the day, there's a little more buying. There's a little more work from the crop specialist. So what I'm hoping to do one, once again, we're going to ground truth the product. Second, there's going to be growth for bear as well as the, crop specialist, as well as the retailer. And then at the end of the day, hopefully the retailer sees how easier, how streamlined that process is. So maybe they start thinking outside the box of, hey, what what can I do in 2024? I saw how simple this was. Obviously, everybody likes a little incentive, a little tying it on the backside. Uh, but hey, I got my, I, I won. It made it kind of a competitive deal. One, I've got more acres than anybody else that, uh, within my retailer. And at the, at the end of the day, I won, everybody won. Well, how can I do that again in 2024? Because at the end of the day, I saw actually how easy it was and what are my next steps from there? So I, I guess it's the transition that I'm looking at from the original question. I continue to try to recognize where my gaps were at, where, where could I provide a solution? And then now I'm getting more buy-in from the crop specialist. So it's kind of a, a year-to-year build where I did 99% of the work last year, and I'm, and I'm glad to do that because I learned so much myself mm-hmm. about climate. But now this year, I made that transition. I'm putting a little more on the shoulders of the crop specialist, and they're, they're all about it. And I'm hoping that they can run with it next year to see how do we leverage climate to grow our business. So it's, it's a win-win there. At this point, Corey, I'm catching that there's you know, been a lot of focus on your business goals, your retailer's business goals. There's, I mean, it's, it's all about selling the product here at the end of the day. I've not heard a bit about like, well, man, I'm having to push field view 
tell me a little bit on, do you feel like at this point they're buying a little bit more into FieldView as a product? Are you having to do a, make a hard sell on using FieldView for these projects that you're doing? We do have buying with Simon. I don't think, and, and Mike can attest this to well, I don't think that there's a single crop specialist in my territory that I could go to and they don't see the value in climate. The biggest hurdle is, is the logistics of it and just sitting down, having the time to be able to sit down on the computer and execute and, and to pull data out. And like I said before, we've done a tremendous job just as an industry in general of streamlining the process. But what I feel that we do great as a territory, it's, it's collaboration between me, the CTFSR, the CDFSR, and then, and then Mike as the climate enablement manager. We, we have trainings throughout the year. And we bring as many crop specialists in. And Mike does a great job of training these guys up and allowing them to see the ease of use and allowing them to see, hey, it's not the daunting task that we once thought it would be. And every year we gradually get more and more buy-in. And, you know, at, at the end of the day, it, it is a generational task where we do have younger crop specialists come in. Obviously, it sounds like the younger generation seems to adapt uh, technology faster. And Mike they do a great job as a team of the training and any time that they need to call climb, anytime they need to call Mike. And at the end of the day, I think more of them got Mike on speed dial and Mike can attest that from the call volume that he has from the crop special standpoint and from the grower standpoint, Mike's just, he does a great job. He's well-trained. He takes care of it. And Mike can speak of that training regimen more than I can, because like I said, this is a team effort. And a lot of times I, I, I come up with the idea or the concept and then I go to Mike and he's already have them trained up on that. Yeah, uh, you know, so I do a lot of the trainings uh, throughout the winter um, with with a lot of the farmers and definitely the the, the sales folks at, at these locations and that um, to to get them up to. But at the end of the day, you know, a lot of the things that uh, the farmer wants to do and the dealer's doing is is pretty simple. Um, and, you know, we always get well. I don't know that I'm compatible. My comeback to that is that we can pretty much make anything work, just like the drone data, right? It's not compatible, but we can probably make it work and do something to capture that data somehow, some way, right? So it just takes a little effort and willingness to do those things like that, right? And then, then again, um, it, it, until they're out in the field, they always need something or, or, or questions that they have support of myself and our support lines in climate that can get them bringing that data in there. And Corey, as you brought Mike into the fold, you're helping me kind of land this plane of this conversation, because one thing that I did want to stir the waters with a little bit, it's a concept that we're going to be talking about in our first session, this idea of digital mindset versus being digitally ready. And the way I see it, and we'll talk about this in the session, is that you have when you have a digital mindset, you're willing to, um, as a default method of tackling your business goals problem solving, um, you're thinking through the lens of FieldView, you're thinking through the lens of digital. That digital mindset is really about the the default approach of how are you going to get things done versus being digitally ready, which is that training piece. Like maybe you don't know all the things about FieldView. And Corey, you even admitted yourself that you learned some things over the last year. I love that. I mean, somebody who's been working in this field for so long, you're saying I'm still learning that's getting digitally ready. There's always something that we can continue to improve on, but you bring in Mike to be that lead guy training up your folks. That's the winning combination in my mind, just having the willingness to think digitally, maybe even if it takes just a little bit of work, that it's going to be worth it to choose the digital path, have the digital mindset up front to say, this is how I'm going to plan my goals for the year. That's 
that's really cool to me. So guys, I, as I'm bringing all that up, I do want to give you both a chance to give kind of a, a final charge. If you had a chance to actually be in front of these crop protection FSRs, what would you encourage them to be thinking about or doing, even if they're just getting started with their digital journey? How do they get more of a digital mindset or get digitally ready to start selling with FieldView? Valerie, I, I would say from my standpoint, if I was a crop specialist, I want to be in front of my customers, in front of my growers, in front of my farmers as much as I can. And I want to prove my value to them. I want to be an asset to their operation. And to me, climate provides the opportunity. You're there on the front side of the sales process and the front side of the, the planning and implementation of the season is you can build out whatever scripts you can build out, you know, planning tools to say, this product goes at this field at this rate. And once we execute that, as we get our in-season reading, and then we get our in-season health readings coming through on climate, you have a reason to call the grower. You might recognize a gap. You might recognize an issue out in that field that that grower may not have seen themselves. So what a, what a better way to implement yourself and provide that solution in season. You're kind of there as their next step and their checkpoint to say, hey, we saw this. You know, Do we need a fungicide? Do we need to do two fungicides? We're getting this reading from climate. And then once again, on the backside, when we bring our harvest data in, it's a streamlined process, you know, depends on their mechanical or hardware setup, but then we're using it on the backside. So to me, as a crop specialist, I'm leveraging, we're seeing it on the backside and everything we did as the season comes to fruition. So at the, at the end of the day, it's a tool that I'm using throughout the entire sales process, through the entire growing season to make myself as an asset to that grower and to provide them solutions. And then from a selfish standpoint, you know, from the bear FSR, I love the fact that most issues we're going to see out in the field, bear has a solution from that. So just having, you know, there's, there's an incentive for me to have that climate acre. There, there, there's an incentive for the crop specialists to have climate on that acre. And at the end of the day, you know, we want to see that true bear acre. And we've got the solution of the digital piece. We've got the solution on the seed side. We've got crop protection solutions that can be tied in. We've got the fungicide solution. And then we've got a great marketing program with Bear Plus. So it's truly the, the full Bear Acre. We can tie it all in, have very sound agronomic recommendations that allow our growers and customers to succeed. Yeah, I, I wrap it up on on a couple of key things that I, I do a lot of times in the training, right? And it's back to that digital mindset of it, right? If you can't measure it, did it really happen, right? So one of the key things that I tell every farmer, every salesperson that, that uh, why should I use climate or, or how can I use it? If it's just in the cabin, you're collecting data and then you just toss it aside, it's not helping you. You're not making a decision off of it, right? So how do you make that decision off of there? So it goes back to even what Corey's doing here this year and even last year to some extent too is figure out as a farmer or in Corey's aspect or, or in the sales side, figure out one thing that you want to learn this year and how do we measure it in climate? Because there's a way, one way or the other, to measure it. Now, some of these, and, and I've got these even on my own farm, it may take eight, nine, 10 months to the time you start it to the time you finish it, right? If there's a fall application of something, right? Or in these cases, if it's something early in the spring and you've got to wait that whole time to measure it, how can it be there? Uh, and, and then a couple 
tips and tricks on the fungicide, I usually tell a lot of my farmers out there that may be running in their planter or their combine, right? If you're going to do, if you have a ground rig, you're doing a fungicide application, you're thinking about doing fungicide, throw a drive in there and collect it. It worked on our farm, even for my uncle. I got to the point of he would collect the, put the fungicide out there. Um, he would put it in and leave a check strip, check block. And then what a lot of times what I was doing is go out there and create a field region report inside and outside that application. So this is before even yield data was there. So there's no bias of collecting that data. And then he would call me up when he would be in that field and said, hey, what's that red box in that area of that field as he's harvesting? And I say, oh, yeah, go ahead. And when you get through there and it goes up to the cloud, click on there. That's where we left that check on that fungicide where we did it. And we've done it a number of times on our farm. Um, I helped. And these were some of the things where I've helped coach other farmers to think about what are you wanting to learn back to Corey's side of things? Is it a, a which product? Is it maybe a timing? Is it a application uh, rate? Whatever those things are, let's put it out there, figure out how we can measure it, capture it into climate. And so we can uh, put it all together at the end of the day. That was a great way to land the plane, Mike. Uh, what do you want to learn? I hope that the participants who are listening are getting so much out of this conversation because I just feel so honored to get time with both Corey and Mike, uh, two climate pros, each in their own lanes uh, in the bear landscape. And I've really appreciated hearing some of their experiences and ideas of where we can take this digital journey. So guys, thank you both so much for the time. And I know that you probably both are willing to answer any questions. If we get some from these participants, I'll, I'll throw them your way if you inspire any further thoughts from them. So thank you both so much. Thank you, Valerie. Appreciate it. Thanks. Thanks for listening. Stay tuned for our next episode where we discuss how to use FieldView to build trust and credibility with current and prospect customers, as well as how to initiate the dreaded sharing accounts conversation. Until next time, this has been The Field Viewpoint. Services and products offered by Climate LLC are subject to the customer agreeing to our terms of service. Our services provide estimates or recommendations based on models. These do not guarantee results. Agronomists, commodities, brokers, and other service professionals should be consulted before making financial, risk management, and farming decisions. More information at climate.com slash disclaimers. FieldView is a trademark of Climate LLC.